Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Hey. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Hey. Let's have a swirl. Well, that's enough for a place. So now right away, with no further delay. It's Follow Friday. It's Follow Friday. It's Follow Friday. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, the podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. If this is your first episode of the show, take a moment now and please follow or subscribe in your podcast app. Today on the show is Annie Rawarda, the creator of Depths of Wikipedia. This is one of the most delightful accounts I have ever followed. Annie rounds up the weirdest, wildest, stupidest, and most delightfully mundane corners of everyone's favorite free encyclopedia. You can find Depths of Wikipedia on Twitter at Depths of Wiki, and on Instagram and TikTok at Depths of Wikipedia. And you can find Annie on Instagram at Annie Rao. That's A-N-N-I-E-R-A-U. Annie, welcome to Follow Friday. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you here. Um, I learned about this account from friend of the show, Josh Frulinger. He called you an influencer within the Wikipedia obsessive community. So before you started this project, how would you describe your relationship with Wikipedia? You were already an active, very active editor, right? Not really. I had edited a few things, like one-off edits. Like, if I saw something that seemed a little bit, I don't know, bad grammar, or I added someone to a list of notable alumni from a school near me, tiny things like that. But I didn't really know any of the rules. I just loved Wikipedia as a fan, and I feel like they'd say there's that rule, like the 1% of consumers are very interested in their product, and then like the 1% contribute, and the 10% are super interested, and I mean, I don't know if that really applies to Wikipedia, but using that model, I think I was in the 10%, like super interested, but I was not an an active editor at all. But I loved it. Like Wikipedia is the shit. But yeah, I started this account two years ago. I was in college. I was a sophomore and it was during quarantine, like April 2020. Mm -hmm. And I, at the time, didn't know about other projects that are similar. Like there's also a Facebook group called Cool Freaks Wikipedia Club, which is the same idea. I didn't know about it at the time, but later I was like, oh, this is the exact same pretty much. But yeah, it ended up being a bit more time consuming than I expected (laughs) um, because I just became like really into it. And at first the following was really small, but very loyal. And so for the first few months, my internship got canceled. I was going to do research in Boston, but instead I was just at home, couldn't really get a job. So I was just sitting around like on Wikipedia a lot for a couple weeks before I ended up getting another job. (laughs) And that's when I invested a lot of time into the account. So a few months later, it got a bunch of followers. And since then, it's been exponential growth. I think it increases by around like one or two percent per week. So now that it's like 800 something thousand on Instagram, like it's that's a lot. Yeah. And everyone keeps on, I'm sure, sharing it with with their friends. It's, It's one of those things where it's very approachable. It's very easy to share it. And someone immediately gets, oh, okay. I've seen Wikipedia. I know why this is, you know, I, I've seen things like this on Wikipedia before. So an account that rounds them up is just an instant. Yeah, of course, I'll follow that. <laughs> the Wikipedia 
aesthetic is so instantly recognizable. And mm-hmm. I have a friend who's a designer at Wikipedia. And when I found out that was a job, like the fact that there is a lead of a design team, I was like, what do you do all day? Like there's no design on Wikipedia. It's the most <laughs> basic website. But of course you do have to decide like, oh, where are there lines and buttons and all the UX things like that. So right. anyway, yeah. I remember way back in the day, this is going to age me, um, I had an iPod back when people used iPods and it was before the iPod even had color. So really old. And I jailbroke it and loaded the Wikipedia, a snapshot of Wikipedia as it existed at the time onto this iPod. And I brought it to school and it was just like, wow, you have all of Wikipedia in your pocket. At the time, that was very impressive. Now, <laughs> now it just comes off as lame, but <laughs> it's, it's been a fascination of mine for quite some time. Well, that reminds me of the Wiki Reader, a product you could buy between 2009 and then it was sold, I think it was maybe sold until around 2014, but I'm not entirely sure. But it was one, like, approximately phone-sized gadget Uh that had Wikipedia loaded onto it. Just Wikipedia, nothing else. That was just, it was the Wiki Reader. Huh. I had no idea. So have you ever gotten involved in any, like, editor drama on Wikipedia? Like, I, I wonder if, like, something being featured by you on Depths of Wikipedia, does, maybe that causes drama, right? Maybe it's like, it's like oh, she's, she's like puncturing a little bit of the prestige of, of the site by, by you know, pointing out like, here, here's a, here's a uh, funny caption or funny picture uh, on the site. The editors and other Wikipedia-affiliated people that I've talked to, th- they don't seem to be bothered by me um, making jokes about the site. Like, I don't know, it's open source. People can take it and do whatever they want with it. And people are pretty good about that. But I do think that, I mean, sometimes I post something and then it'll it'll start getting vandalized a bunch. Like when I posted the list of um, mammals displaying homosexual behavior, it's like comically long. Like there's 170 something mammals that are listed and that's just the ones that are, you know, documented as having homosexual behavior. So I posted it on, at the beginning of Pride Month. And then people started editing the page. Don't do this, by the way, if you're listening. But people started editing it to, like, add in their name or whatever. Like, oh. it's, like, funny, I guess, for two seconds. But then you just feel bad because I don't think they ended up protecting the page, but it was getting a bunch of vandalism. So that happens sometimes. Sometimes, like, I'll post something that is rather unclear. Like, it's just not good writing, and that's mm-hmm. why it's funny. Right. And I feel a little bit bad about highlighting that. Like, I feel like there's, like, two types of humor that you could that I can do, like, Category one is like, the world is so crazy, and like, here it is documented on Wikipedia. And category two is kind of more um, dangerous territory because it could potentially just like highlight the worst parts about Wikipedia. But the other category is like, oh, here's something in the world that's whatever, but the way Wikipedia writes about it is really funny. Right. Um, So, with that, you just have to be careful because I I mean, I want to encourage people to start editing. Wikipedia is great, and like you should get involved. Yeah. Um, because it's like of all the ways to volunteer your time, like Wikipedia is one with like you. You could make a huge impact. I think it's bizarre to me. I feel so proud sometimes when I'm looking at a page that I made or a page that I heavily edited, and when I see like wow, I did this. People liked it. People added to it. People made it better. Like it really makes me feel like 
I don't know. Like I'm part of such a good community. Like we're all just working together to make something good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's that's so sweet. And uh, like I said, D- Depths of Wikipedia, one of my favorite accounts that I followed recently. But now let's find out who Annie follows. You can follow along with us today. Every person she recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com slash Wikipedia. It's Final Friday. Annie, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me about some people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, someone you don't know but want to be friends with. And you said Harry Hill, who is on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Very Harry Hill. I was trying to think of how to briefly describe what Harry does, and the best I could come up with was like, comedian slash influencer but you know him better so maybe maybe you can expand on that like what are the sort of things that harry posts that that you love so upon first glance at very harry hill's profile on instagram you think oh this is a run-of-the-mill influencer this man's instagram bio is a yellow heart that says vibe curator and then (laughs) it links his management which is standard and it's a bunch of well-lit selfies, pictures of him traveling, picture of him posing in Vegas. And you're like, is this really special? Why am I following this? But yes, no, you need to follow because the thing about Very Harry Hill is that he's so quick-witted that you could just fall over and die. He's invented basically his own dialect where he changes <laughs> words to make them spelled more fancy, like do it, like do it. It's not D-O space I-T, it's D-O-E-T-T-E. Or like, <laughs> let's send it. S E N D E T T E. It's the it's, it makes me laugh every time. His stories are so long. I watch every single one every single day, and it feels like he's almost giving this meta commentary on being an influencer. Like maybe yep. I'm taking this too seriously, but it's it does appear to be a little bit of performance art. Everything he says is a little bit ironic, and I feel like even he doesn't know exactly how many layers of irony there are one like one example like he jokes that he's writing a book called eat pray influence is that true honestly it could be is that fake (laughs) honestly it could be i don't care i just i'll watch anything he does he worked at mashable Mm -hmm. a while ago writing about trends and then he was he became an influencer for hotels.com and they paid him thousands of dollars to travel around the world and take photos and hotel pools nice work if you can get it (laughs) i know and so he has about like fifty thousand followers which isn't really like a quit your job and focus on the internet full-time follower count necessarily Mm -hmm. but he's making it work okay i'm wrong 59.7 thousand followers and another video that he did that made me really laugh was when he um posted like a video of him so he's gay and his brothers are straight and he went to Vegas with them mm-hmm. and he acted, he, he pretended to act straight the whole time. And I, <laughs> I, I don't want to describe it. I feel like I'm going to ruin it, but it, it made me laugh out loud. I saw some of those Vegas photos. Yeah. I, I think the captions were like, you know, straight Harry strikes again. He's it just <laughs> his whole act the whole time he was there, which I guess if, if you're gonna, if you're gonna you know, put, put on a, a different, a different face for Vegas is probably the place to do it. <laughs> just like the joke that he is straight when he goes to Vegas yeah. is so funny to me. He's he's done it multiple times. Like every time he goes to Vegas, he's oh straight. <laughs> <laughs> the meta or the ironic thing that you mentioned, I saw this one video he posted from a quote cookie dough flavored whiskey event. It's him <laughs> in a room with maybe a dozen other influencers and an instructor. 
and they're being taught, you know, how to make uh, cookie dough flavored whiskey cocktails. And <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, on the one hand, and, and he describes it as like being enrolled in the camp of life, and each day is a new activity with a new counselor, <laughs> which which sounds nice at first blush, but then it's like, what if, like me, you think that sounds gross? What if you don't want cookie dough flavored whiskey cocktails? <laughs> no, but you do. <laughs> have you tried this? Um, no, but I mean, he's influenced me. I want them. Yeah. <laughs> he he has a story highlight of when he um, visited the t- a taping of the People's Court. Uh-huh. That's another one that made me laugh. I, I can't give you all the details too long, but great one to check out. Very Harry Hill. But like when he posts something like that, does that then do you then go and watch the People's Court or has he has he like done stuff ironically or not that then you've gone out and, and bought the thing that he is promoting? Oh, no, I have never been influenced. Um, I've never purchased anything that he recommended, but I also hardly ever purchase things that influencers recommend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Hotels.com. Got to try harder next time. <laughs> but I, I do feel tempted to, to adopt his spelling patterns. Um, I also feel like he's influenced me in the sense that if I were in New York soon, mm-hmm. and if I did need a quick lunch spot near Times Square, I probably would go to the American Girl Doll Cafe. Oh my God, I didn't know they had a cafe. <laughs> is, is that oh. like a running joke on his thing? Well, he just loves American Girl Dolls, and I feel like they're kind of in vogue again. Like, <laughs> the American Girl Doll Cafe is, like, overrun by TikTokers. Wow. Yeah. Just, huh. All right, so you said you wanted to be friends with Harry. Let's imagine he calls you up tomorrow and says, Annie, I just heard you on my favorite podcast, Follow Friday. Let's hang out this weekend. After your lunch at the American Girl Doll Cafe, what, what do you want to do with him? Okay, well, I should say, like... I don't think we're friends, but we're mutuals. And I also met him briefly at a party one time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that um, disqualifies this. I don't I'm think just so. letting you know. <laughs> Thank you for your candor. But, oh, what do we do? Ooh, that's a tough one. Honestly, this sounds so goofy, but I would want to like paint myself the color of metal and then be one of those like living statues. <laughs> I want to do that. I think that'd be fun. With him. Like the two of you would be like a duo statue act. Yeah, but like I would just, I would just only want to do it for like 10 minutes and then <laughs> spend the rest of the time just like documenting the process. <laughs> well, that was Harry Hill, who is on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Very Harry Hill. It's Final Friday. Annie, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who makes the internet a better place, and you said Twitter bots, of which there are way too many to count. But a couple examples that you mentioned in your email are New New York Times, which is at NYT underscore first underscore said, and Neural Net Guesses Memes, which is at Res Next Guesser. I'm also a fan of both these accounts. So let's start by explaining what New New York Times does. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite bots. I'm very pro-bot. I know that it's a big buzzword right now. Elon's like, oh, how many of your users are bot? I I don't care. I love the bots. Obviously, if you're influencing the elections, probably bad. But if you're just (laughs) telling jokes, that is awesome, okay? Go for Um, it. Like, not all bots are bad. Anyway, um, the New New York Times bot is this, um, it tweets whenever the New York Times uses a word that it has never used before. Um, A great example is when it used the word deadass for the first (laughs) time in an article. And most of them are are like kind of boring. Like a lot of them are like typos or I don't know, just a 
random word. And like, that's fine. But what really gets me going is when this like, you know, buttoned up institution like the New York Times starts dropping slang like <laughs> chuggy, deadass, like all those. Um, I love it. So I, I love this account so much that I um, I messaged the guy who made it and I was like, yo, like you have the best Twitter bot in the world. Do you know that? And then we became friends. And so now I'm like forever a, a fangirl of his Twitter bot. Um, but we are also friends. There's also a companion bot to New New York Times called NYT Bibliography, which auto replies with the year of the oldest book it can find in which that same word has been used, uh, which is at, at NYT underscore finally. Uh, I, I, I love the fact that you have these bots that get to such a level that then they have these like hangers on. They have these like also ran bots that are just part of the whole experience of following them. They're always in the comments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love some of those bots. Like, have you seen the one that um, takes a Twitter conversation or thread and turns it into um, what's that show called? It's like Jury Apprentice something. Jury Apprentice. I don't know this. Um, it's like something courtroom bot. You've you've I'm, if you're like on Twitter, you've seen it probably. Oh, Ace Attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ace Attorney. So, so it it turns like internet arguments into the like videos of these like um from this video game Ace Attorney where it's like people arguing in the courtroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had not I, I had not actually seen this bot before. I've seen I think I've seen videos like this, but yeah. Yeah, you can just use it whenever. Like if you're like observing a very funny conversation and you want to turn it into an Ace Attorney court simulation you just tag them and then it happens wow okay so it's not even it's not even like it's automatically pulling up viral conversations you can just summon it at any time that that it wow that's kind of blowing my mind (laughs) and then let's also talk about uh neural net guesses memes so so uh like i said also big fan of this one could you explain to the best of our ability let's explain what this what this bot does okay so this bot was created by a, an engineer in San Francisco. And the basically the idea of the bot is that it takes a meme, usually just some deranged image, and then it guesses what is in what is in it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're using AI and it only has a thousand options. I was looking at the the source code. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the time if it's a really specific item in the meme, the bot can't really guess very closely so there's lots of funny examples like there's there's a bunch of um eggs in the fridge for example and it guesses ping pong balls ah so it also says it's confidence level and that's really funny it's very funny when it guesses with 100 percent confidence but then it's totally wrong <laughs> also funny when it sees something just like bizarre and then it's like very low confidence and the humor is kind of layered because like one you're laughing at the meme and then two you're laughing at this like idea of a (laughs) diligent little bot trying to trying its like absolute darndest to guess what it is (laughs) yeah if this is the state that uh that image recognition is i'm I'm a little bit worried about self-driving cars but um (laughs) well it's like here there's this image of judge judy but she her face is looking kind of up and the the caption that's like written on the photo is ball life whack his pp this doesn't make any sense (laughs) 
<laughs> and so this poor bot is guessing, oh, maybe it's a book jacket. Confidence is only 1.97%. Like, <laughs> it's just funny. If, if that does become a book jacket, then it'll be validated. You know, someone's just got to make a book with that on the cover. Then we're good. <laughs> uh, but the, here's one for a little bit further down where someone has started a fire in a bathroom. Like the, the toilet paper is all unspooled on the floor and they have started a what looks like a raging fire next to the toilet. And the bot says, image prediction, refrigerator, confidence 6.2%. <laughs> right. But the good thing is you don't have to worry because this isn't like the state of the art image recognition. Fair so. enough. <laughs> You yeah. can look at the jit, the GitHub code, and you're like, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> it's fine. So okay, so that's we got the NYT bot, we got Neuronet guesses, we have the Ace Attorney bot. Are there any, any other bots that you just love seeing updates from that just really make Twitter so much better for you? Too many for me to mention. There's one that I love called Emote at the Location, which is alternate band names for Panic at the Disco, such as Cry at the Orgy or suffer at the post office. <laughs> Do you remember when the leaked court document showed that the Roe v. Wade might get overturned? Mm-hmm. And that bot briefly had this tweet that was up called rejoice at the court. And then it had to apologize because they were like, sorry, this was just automatically generated. Like, oh, wow. I wasn't trying to make a statement. <laughs> it was just completely random. It just happened to land on rejoice at the court at that moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> and then coincidentally, like the next day the wordle the new york times game wordle fetus yeah and they had to change that too that's 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 so weird the bots are trying to tell us something (laughs) (laughs) but the bots are (laughs) pro-life yeah exactly wake wake up guys (laughs) (laughs) so you said these bots make the internet a better place presumably everyone listening to this is a human i'm gonna kind of go out of limb and say that but what is something you think that all of us human listeners can learn from the example of these bots, if that makes sense. Like, is there something that we can do to make the internet a better place in the same way that they do? Just stop f***ing having takes on everything and just, like, do things because it's cute and happy. Like, I don't know, post a picture of a meme and make an AI guess it. Like, that's funny. Like, don't try to, like, make everything about your feelings and opinions. (laughs) (laughs) Reject hot takes. Takes are fine sometimes, but I feel like we are approaching uh, too many takes territory on Twitter these days. (laughs) Exactly. Reject hot takes, embrace meme anarchy. All right. Well, that was a whole lot of Twitter bots. You can find links to all the ones we talked about in the show notes. I want to tell you about another podcast I love, and I think you're going to love it too. Upworthy Weekly, Upworthy's first podcast, is a lighthearted look at some of their most popular and engaging stories. Delivered to your podcast feed every Saturday, it's the perfect way to shake off the Monday to Friday news cycle with a refreshing dose of good news. Join Todd Perry, one of Upworthy's most prolific writers, and Allison Rosen, a podcaster, writer, and TV personality best known for the show Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend, as they go through the week's best stories about humanity. Subscribe to Upworthy Weekly wherever you get your podcasts. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Annie, I asked you to tell me about someone who makes you think, and you said all the post-ironic Catholic Instagram pages. A couple examples you gave are at I need God in every moment of my life and at praying. So unlike the Twitter bots, this I was completely unfamiliar with this sort of account. Um, so could you explain for folks like me who were unfamiliar, 
what sort of stuff gets posted on post-ironic Catholic Instagram pages, and, and why do they make you think? We are amidst a revival. Don't know if you knew that, Mm-mm. but I feel like very cool, sceny, urban young people are totally like into the aesthetic of Catholicism. Like, really, people are like doing the rosary as a bit because it looks cool, and I feel huh. like it's kind of this like return to trad wife thing. I, there was a Vanity Fair article about how there's, quote, the new right and how there are secular people that are urban. Like, I, people, I don't know. I'm trying to think of examples. But, like, the women who run the Red Scare podcast were mentioned. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of that, I mean, I, I'm not saying, like, it's good. I'm just saying it's so interesting to me because, I I mean, growing up, like, everyone around me in um, Michigan was christian and religious and it didn't feel cool at least in this way but then you have brands like praying p-r-a-y-i-n-g and it used to be two g's but they got the they got the good username now they're selling products like a t-shirt that's uh actually it's a crop top and it says in bedazzled jewels god's favorite and models (laughs) wear these and like there's uh, there's all these like there's this bikini where like on one boob it says like father the other one it says son and then the bottom say holy spirit <laughs> I, I think like the thing about it that makes me think is that um you just can't tell you can't tell how serious it is Th- that's why it makes me think it's like to what extent are people this like demographic that you don't always think of as religious mm-hmm. to what extent are they actually embracing christian religion and and why and why is this trendy and maybe this doesn't say anything about like capital C culture like maybe it's just some stupid trend but I do think the whole thing is kind of interesting and I feel like we're kind of right at the tipping point where it's like approaching mainstream are you part of this revival like do you do you have a bedazzled shirt that says God's favorite or or are you just observing this as kind of an outsider to the whole trend I feel like I'm observing it as an outsider we should probably define post irony the, the basic definition I found was a state in which earnest and ironic intents become muddled. So, like, a non-religious example would be um, if you unironically listen to Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, which I do, it's a five-star song. But, like, I imagine there's these two constituencies where there's people who do see this as, like, an evolution of their faith, and there's other folks who are seeing it as just nope. a trend. You don't think there's people who, who are I don't actual... think so. I think it's all post-ironic people. Really? People are not buying these clothes because they love God. Why the f*** would somebody who loves Jesus get, like, a Trinity bikini? Okay, fair point. <laughs> so it's all post-ironic, you think? Wow. I, I, I mean, these accounts have tens of thousands of followers. That's just, it's completely fascinating to me that this would be such a big trend, like you're saying, that, that, that it would get to, get to this level, that people would be that into this aesthetic. Yeah. Like, religion as a joke, religion as a bit. The whole idea of that is, like, very funny to me. Yeah. It might just be like a weird blip, you know, like it's just a a, a meme topic. I don't know, like really hot girls doing rosaries on Instagram <laughs> and like being like religious in a way where you can't quite tell if they're serious or not. Like maybe it's maybe it's not important. Maybe it's like, I don't know. Remember when people used to like put crayons on like a canvas and then blow dry them so the crayons are dri- dripping down and then posting photos of that? Like yeah. maybe it's just another random trend that means nothing like 15 minutes of fame and then people move on to god knows what literally <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah literally 
Can I read you some of the um, like the text of the posts on the um, meme page? Absolutely. I need God in every moment of my life because they make me laugh. Please do. We need an American girl doll who saw Joan of Arc burned at the stake. Um, NASA just revealed a heaven-like planet where you can drink beer at the lake, and they're calling it Earth. Um, there's a screenshot of like a like a. It's clearly a local news broadcast, uh-huh. and it says coming up drive through Catholics and you see a woman in a car and a priest is, is putting a ash cross on her forehead. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another comic of, it appears to be like God at the entrance, like near the pearly gates. And it's like, did your life be like, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Vibrators are wrong and unnatural. The Bible said Adam and Eve, not Florence and the machine. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's my favorite. <laughs> So that's just like a sample. Like it's it's probably just like it's mostly just a tsunami of garbage that's all loosely related to religion, but it makes me laugh and it also makes me think. Is has it made you think about anything like deeper than that? Like I, I don't know if you, if you're religious at all, but like has it actually intersected at all with any of your feelings about religion or do you look at it purely as this aesthetic thing? I mean, I'm somewhat religious, but I don't see this as like. <laughs> this, this is not like, religious. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not like waking up and like doing morning devotions to this <laughs> meme page. <laughs> I just think it's like an interesting aesthetic. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's what comes next. Those were post-ironic Catholic Instagram pages, such as at I need God in every moment of my life and at praying. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. I asked you for someone who makes you laugh, and you said Leia Huspe, I just pay, I'm not sure, who is at FaveTikToks420 on Instagram. And Fave is spelled F-A-V-E. Like you and like uh, Very Harry Hill, Leia has been profiled in the New York Times for what she has done with this account. Uh, it's attracted more than 50,000 followers. Do you remember how you first started following Fave TikToks 420? I've been following since the very beginning. Really? Um, I'm a huge fan of Leia. I, I didn't even know her at the time, but I knew that she um, had worked on the TV show How To with John Wilson mm. as like a, she she filmed clips for that, which I love. And I also just thought she, she would post funny things on Instagram. So I didn't even know her, but one time I went to her stoop sale just like as a fangirl and I bought her a sweater and I wear it all the time. <laughs> so anyway, when she was like, oh, I'm starting this new thing, I immediately, immediately followed. But the premise is that she posts the absolute most cringy TikToks you can imagine. It's like dudes with like really gelled um, like hair who are showing off their abs <laughs> and maybe they're saying something weird and it just feels like they kind of lack um, self-awareness. The whole perspective of of the fave TikToks 420 account kind of feels like it's like millennials peering at teenagers and being like, oh my God, like what is going on here? <laughs> um, her captions are always funny. The, the comments always crack me up because there's this recurring cast of characters in all these TikToks. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it's like oddly positive. Like it's not really mocking them. It's more just like, observing them and and cheering them on but also being like a little bit like aghast i i don't know if that really sums it up but it's like sometimes she'll interview the creators so it feels fairly friendly but 
I do think that it shows me a different side of TikTok because my For You page is usually just like learning content. Yeah, it makes sense. And these TikToks are much more like, oh, I'm a hot 16 year old. And here's what I think about, you know, being a man or like. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I have learned in all of my years. Yes. The, the description of the account is the best unintentional art of this generation. I look at TikTok so you don't have to. Heart emoji. <laughs> oh, and then, and then there's a trigger warning. Expect everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like, okay, so you've been, you've been following this since since the very beginning, and you, and you mentioned that it's these are very different from the sort of TikToks that you would get in the app. Do you specifically follow this aggregator uh, to, to like for, for the reasons that that she's um, bringing these together. Do you follow other aggregators of, of TikToks just get a, get like a different perspective on what people are seeing? Yeah, it's so fun. Well, she's actually one of my good friends, but Anna Da has a meme page called Park Slope Arsonist. <laughs> the name comes because there was a tweet. I, I could be getting this exact tweet wrong, but it was something to the likes of like, oh, why are there all these fires in Park Slope? And so she changed her name to Park Slope Arsonist and replied something like, oh, no one tell him. <laughs> and then the name just stuck. So that she's not actually burning down the city, don't worry. Yeah. But she will post on her story, like, I don't know, 20, 30 TikToks a day. And those are usually pretty similar to what I see in my For You page. Mm-hmm. Some more educational, more more learning-based yeah, more learning based, more just like viral, funny yeah. content. But then, yeah, this fave TikToks 420, it's lots of like teenagers just saying the most stupid thing you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, like what, what do you think makes a funny TikTok of, of the type that Leia is rounding up on fave TikToks 420? Is it is it just sort of cluelessness? I'm trying to put, put my finger on like, what is it that you think her bar is for, for for identifying like what's worth sharing with 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 this big audience there? Well, it's just when someone is so drunk with confidence that they are just saying the most crazy things. <laughs> like, yeah, when people think they look really hot or when people think the story they're telling is really gripping, but then in reality, it's just a little bit cringy. <laughs> A true story. So when when I had not heard of this account before, and when I pulled it up, I started watching the videos, and I thought it was all just one guy at first, because <laughs> because all these sixteen year old boys have like the same hair and the same like facial the three facial expressions they know how to make for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started watching them, and I was like, wait a minute, why does he have a beard in this one and not this one? And <laughs> <laughs> then I googled it and I realized, okay, no, this is this is a, a compilation of a lot of different similar-looking <laughs> dudes. <laughs> well, that was Leah Hospe, who was at Fave TikToks 420 on Instagram. As a reminder to everyone listening, our supporters on Patreon have access to a fifth bonus follow recommendation from Annie. Just go to Patreon.com/slash/FollowFriday and donate any amount, starting at just one dollar, to unlock that. Annie, before we go, let's make sure that listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? I'm not asking them to. They don't have to follow me. But if they're 
if, if they're not annoyed with me yet, then I mean, you're definitely welcome to. It's on Instagram, A-N-N-I-E-R-A-U, Annie Brow. It's like my name, sort of. On Instagram, also, Depths of Wikipedia. Depths of Wiki on Twitter. Depths of Wikipedia on TikTok. I have a personal TikTok that I'm hopefully going to start posting on more. So if you want to be like a, I don't know, founding member of that, you can follow A-N-N-I-I-E-R-A-U on TikTok as well. Don't, don't worry, there will not be a quiz on this. All of those links will be in the show notes. And you can follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. And please subscribe to the Follow Friday newsletter at followfriday.substack.com. If you like this episode, then check out the past Follow Friday interviews with Amanda Aronchik from Planet Money, Josh Frulinger from the Comics Curmudgeon, and Tom Scott from YouTube. Follow Friday is a production of lightningpod.fm. Our theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan, and our social media producer is Sydney Grodin. Special thanks to our Big Fry Patreon backers, John and Justin. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. We're off next week, so I'll see you on July 8th.